It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Welcome, Money Guy listeners. I'm your host, Brian Preston, and um, this is going to be one of those shows that's going to have two things, but its primary point is to talk about how recent volatility. Now, fortunately, today, we're actually recording this on Thursday evening. We'll publish this up for early Friday morning on um, how important volatility can actually be your friend, kind of that silver lining in all this craziness that's going on out there in the world. And I'll go into how we, we kind of came up with this topic and even some where we found some resources to help you, and you can even follow some links that we've made out there. Um, this is the Money Guy Show, as I've already said. You can go check us out at money-guy.com. I'm your host, Brian Preston. By day, I'm actually a certified public accountant, a certified financial planner who owns a wealth management business down here on the south side of Atlanta. And I'm here with my co-host as well as associate here at Preston in Cleveland, Mr. Bo Hanson. Bo, how are you doing over there? Doing well, doing really well. You, you, you sound happier now, and I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. We've um, I know we had a kind of a curveball coming. That's why we're doing this show on a Thursday evening. Is um, had some news change, so my plans for Friday are quickly changing because of some things coming down the pipe. But that's the way it is with small business ownership. But um, I want to tell you guys before we get into the silver lining of volatility and why you, you really need to stay the course with your dollar cost averaging and your monthly investment plans with your retirement. I want to talk to you about something that's kind of come to my attention that was really an eye-opener in light of everything that's going on out there in the economy. Because, you know, when when you hear everything going on out there in the world, you kind of count on journalism and the journalists out there in the marketplace to keep you posted on all the big stuff. I mean, that's what you kind of, you feel connected when you read the newspaper, when you watch the morning shows, you know, and watch the Today Show or whatever your your favorite news source is, and even go to Yahoo or, you know, whatever your your news sources are, it's you kind of count on them to keep you posted on big, big things. And I guess maybe it's the news cycle because we've got down in the Gulf all that oil coming out and stuff, but the, the news media has not been doing their job. And... I'm a little disappointed because there's a huge proposal that's already passed the House that's actually over in the Senate right now that could impact a large, a very large percentage of small business owners out there. And um, what I figured I would do is kind of read you. I found a, a posting. It's hard to find anything on the mainstream media about this. I actually found out from a tax, tax research organization that actually does continuing education for CPAs. So this is a lot of the buzz. If you want to see behind the curtains of what's cool and exciting to CPAs, welcome to this world. Um, And that's what we're going to be going over is there's a bill. It was H.R. 4213. Now, I have heard of this bill, the 4213 that's passed the House. When I've seen it talked about on the nightly news, it was an extension of unemployment benefits. Um, because we've, we've passed the term of, of where unemployments were starting to phase out for a group of individuals. So they were trying to quickly come in and, and add another extension on, on the, those benefits that they've done out there. And, you know, one of the things with all the, the, the deficits and everything else is that they're trying to pay for everything with the money. So I found this post because I want you to hear how they're kind of paying for this because I think it's going to have some very big unintended consequences. And and what I did was I found a post actually from um, Roth and Company and it was uh, it says Senate make take up wacky S corporation tax increases today. And this was written on June 8th, so it was two days ago. And it says the Senate may begin work on the House pass extender bill. That's H.R. 4213 today, reports tax analyst. 
This is a bill that imposes FICA and Medicare taxes on professional S-Corporation K-1 earnings when the corporation's principal asset is the reputation and skill of three or few employees. Tax analyst notes that the S-Corporation tax is generating opposition. And um, this is you're going to hear why here in a second, because it would be limited to S-Corporations led by a relatively small number of employees. It has been described as an unfairly targeting small businesses. At the same time, it has been criticized because it impacts could its impact could still prove quite broad. And the quote is, it says, they want to take make it look narrow. And in effect, they're going after 94% of all S-corporations. Um, and it's, it goes on and it says, skeptics of the provision, like Reardon, that's who gave that quote, note that the IRS already has the authority to measure the salaries of S-corporation shareholders against market value and ensure that the taxpayers received reasonable compensation. They doubt whether it would be easier for the IRS or an S-corporation to value the reputation and skill of a business's employee to determine its principal asset. And, I, you know, I don't think I need to add too much more. I would just say if you are an S-corporation or a professional corporation, which is probably the majority of the small businesses I, I deal with here at work, is, you know, it's most of your insurance agents, it's your CPAs, it's your financial advisors, it's your, uh, I mean, I have metal fabricators. I mean, all these guys, hospices, most of the businesses I deal with fit into this concept because they have one or two um, partners and their S corporations or shareholders, and they would fall into this provision, which would be a huge, significant tax increase on a lot of these people during a pretty tough time. So if you are a small business owner, um, go type in on Google HR 4213, um, type S Corp, you know, after the 4213, I think you'll get see some great research out there for you since the mainstream media is kind of totally um, missing the point on this. And I'm starting to realize that I don't think they do it on purpose. I'm not one of these conspiracy people that thinks that the news media is doing this because they have a bias one way or the other. I think that they truly, the world has gotten to where we're so us weekly, you know, that's where we watch entertainment tonight instead of the nightly news, is that they try to fit everything into these sound bites, and if it's too complicated, they just don't report it. And since this is the, the kind of the, 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 the land of the CPAs, even though it impacts the most of the small businesses out there in America, um, they're avoiding it just because I don't think they understand it. Because I bet most journalism majors probably didn't take too many intro to accounting courses out there when they were in college. But that's just my insight. But um, if you go, if you if you need information, go check out. Go on Google 4213 HR 4213. Already passed the House. Headed over to the Senate and being debated as we speak right now. Now let's talk about the main point today, which is how volatility can actually be your friend. And, and how this came about was multiple things. First of all, I hear it all the time, and I cringe when I'm talking to people out in the community, and, and I hear them say, you know, with things being as crazy, I haven't heard it so much recently, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't rear its head again, just because we are getting in a crazy marketplace where we've had a, you know, a month where it's been up and down. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a correction we've got going on here. But um, a lot of people are still remembering, as you, if you listen to last week's podcast or the podcast we did two weeks ago, is that you know it does. People are kind of really scared because they still remember how bad 2008 was. And what I remember about 2008 was I had some people that I do some tax consulting for, the employees of co companies that I work with, as well as just people I know out and about in the community, and they were like, "I have shut down my 401k contributions, or I have shut down contributing to those IRAs." And I'd be like, why are you doing that? I'd be like, because it just loses money. I mean, in this downturn in the economy, I'm just tired of losing money. And I, I want to quit doing this. And I kind of, every time I hear that, 
I cringe because I know that they're not making the right move. Now, Bo, you, you have a lot of young friends who are kind of just now welcoming to the world of investing. Have you, um, have, have any of you, have you heard any feedback from any of your friends on, on this volatility that's going on and they, they thought their commitment to the cause or are they thinking about giving up? Well, what's kind of funny is uh, my friends who, who have been investing have really only started um, in the past year or two. So they've actually been making money on all their contributions. They've kind of been dollar cost averaging the way up. So um, they think I'm the greatest thing since light spread, right. since I can kind of tell them. See, this, so uh, they're kind of benefiting from it, but that's what we don't, don't give away, you know, don't show the magic trick or, you know, or how we did the magic trick before we actually get to the, the meat of the presentation. But that, that's, that's a good point because I guess maybe it's because I'm older and I have, um, you know, friends who have been doing it for a while. And, and, and 2008 was a cruddy year. And, and I think they see their, their general account balance going down and they equate that that they need to probably stop saving on their monthly side too, which could be a huge no-no that could derail them from a lot of the, the success that they could potentially have out there. And this also came up. So that's one thing is when I hear people in the community or, or employees of some of the companies I, I consult with where they tell me that they're, they're going to stop doing the monthly investment because they're just tired of losing money. The other side is I have a, a, a wealthy client who owns a, a, a successful business that um, he's got, you know, actually a pretty good amount of money in cash reserves sitting out there. And um, he's also got a chunk of money that's invested with us. And one day we were having a discussion and because we're, we're friends as well. I've gotten to be, you know, a lot of, I don't have a ton of client relationships. So we do become more personal in our relationship than, than probably a lot of other advisors and those where, where I consider myself a friend, to a lot of my, my clients. And so I was having this conversation and he was like, Brian, you know, you guys are doing a good job for me, but you know, I just, what can I do to offset some of this volatility? You know, it's just the cash isn't earning anything for me. Um, it's I just hate how this is going down the way it is with, with everything. And I said, well, you know, if you're if you're really concerned about this, there is an, a way you can kind of offset some of this volatility to make it work for you. And we put together a spreadsheet that I'm going to read off of to kind of make my point that Bo prepared that I thought was great. It kind of showed the power of dollar cost averaging because this client had a big chunk of money that he just gave us to invest so it kind of got put in all at once and as you can imagine when you have any type of volatility when you put in a lump sum you just are at the mercy of what the markets are doing and I said well look if you have since you have a large cash reserves you have a large income coming in um, more so than what you're using why don't we start investing on a monthly basis and I said let me show you why this is so powerful if you'll do this and why volatility can be your friend during these dark times if you go on a systematic investment plan like dollar cost averaging. And we showed him, we used, you know, because since volatility is your friend in this, you want to try to choose something that has a little more, when we were putting this illustration together, we want to show something that does have some, some ups and downs in it. So the one we chose was Matthews Asia Growth and Income. This is an emerging markets mutual fund that invests, as you can understand, over in Asia. And this is actually, even though it's a, emerging markets is a very aggressive marketplace, this Matthews fund is kind of incredible on how it's um, not as risky as a lot of its peers, even though it's over there in a very risky part of the world. Um, it is not, if you look at its historical returns, not as risky as a lot of the peers out there. What we did was, is we took and we started on January of 2008 and went all the way through the end of 2009. And we have two scenarios here. We have where an individual is buying $5,000 a month of this Matthews fund starting on January 2nd of 2008 and buying that 5000 every month to where you have a total invested of about $120,000. 
Well, we compared that to somebody who on January 2nd of 2008 just invested $120,000. And then we took the prices and we, we, you know, what the close was at the end of each of those buying periods. And then we took whatever the close was as of December 31st of 2009. And what you find is, is that there's a great deal of variance in the returns on those monthly purchases. We have a range, and I'm, I should have probably put, looked at this, but it looks like the lowest was that you, you could have, on one of the contributions, you could have lost 19.7%. So you put $5,000 into the investment, and it turns into $4,000. And that's the investment that occurred right around April 1st of, of 2008. But on the investments, when things were really, really cruddy, you know, back in probably around March, um, we actually had great, great returns. Like uh, if you look at the, is this February? It looks like February the 2nd was the, the best performing um, investment. We had $5,000 that we invested on February 2nd uh, of 2009, and that turned up, it turned into $7,431, um, or had a 48.6% rate of return. And that's, you know, this is buying the same $5,000, it's just, but there's so, enough volatility in this investment that if you looked at it as its total, that $120,000, during a period where if you'd invested just that lump sum in January of 2008, the 120 would now be worth $100,820. That's a loss of 16%. So that's what would happen if you'd invested a lump sum. But if you'd have bought on a, on a dollar cost averaging plan on a monthly base, uh, basis, that $120,000 would actually be worth $130,336. It made close to 9% rate of return. So you can see if you add 9 plus 16, there's a 25% variance or you know, variation in these rates of returns. That is tremendously powerful. A way to, to essentially turn a, a dark thing like this volatility that we're experiencing currently into a silver lining. Essentially making lemonade out of those lemons out there. Um, this is why don't give up when things seem scary out there in the marketplace. Because volatility can be your friend, especially if you're on a monthly savings plan. So, so stay the course with that. Bo, do you have anything to kind of input off of, off of that? I think the important thing to note is that uh, dollar cost averaging works in good markets and b bad markets. Don't think, you know, let's assume today is the lowest point the market hits in the next 10 years. Buying monthly is still going to serve you a good purpose because it does protect in case of a downside. But remember, as the market goes up, those early contributions are still making money, even if you're not getting in cheaper and cheaper. The market goes down, you're getting in at lower and lower levels. So it's kind of a win-win either way the market goes, as long as you stay disciplined and stay systematic. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because I don't want to make this as an either-or type um, investment decision. I don't want you to say, well, the market seems volatile. This is the time I need a dollar cost averaging, dollar cost average. But then when the market seems good and earnings start, you know, doing better and everything is all rosy, I don't want you to go, oh, I got to shut it down because, you know, it's a good market. And I, you know, and Brian, I did listen to that podcast and Brian said, don't go dollar cost average. But in fact, that's not what I'm saying. Bo, that's a great point is that this is a plan that will work in all marketplaces. It's, uh, but it is when you're in these dark, dark times where there's volatility and people are scared and you're fearful and you're trying to figure out, is this the month I invest or do I buy now? You know, it, I, what's funny is we have a, a new client that um, very successful executive and um, he's given us a lump sum of money to start investing for him. And he's going to be adding to that over the years. And, you know, and he's, he's kind of new to, even though he's a very successful, successful executive, 
he is kind of new to to the actual investing marketplace. You know, he he's done stuff in his 401k, but he hasn't done a lot of stuff personally. And what what I find interesting is that you know when we originally started the plan, we told him he he, he was immediately kind of nervous about it. And I think that's just because of the the fear situation that we're in. But then, you know, when the market started having volatility, he goes, well, maybe we should buy more this month just because things are down. I'm like, no, we're going to stick to the plan. Let's stick to the plan because we think it's low now, but, you know, you never know what's coming next week. And, and I think it's shown, and I think it, it's, it's been a, a good educational piece for him. Don't you agree, Bo, that now he's seen that, yeah, just because you think it's a deal. And I think that's probably part of the news media watching CNBC and everything else is that you watch the news and it makes you excited that, hey, maybe the market's down 200 um, after you hear this concept, you're like, maybe I should go buy right now today. And I'm saying, no, stay to the systematic plan. That, that's really, be that courageous investor that doesn't try to be the timer, who's always jumping in there and, and, and doing things at the, the reaction of whatever your emotions are. Um, I do want you to be a contrarian. So I kind of like it when you, you get that feeling, because I know Bo and I, and I've mentioned this on the podcast, I am one of the sick individuals that around the 15th of the month, right before my monthly investment goes in, or right around the first of the month when I have my, my retirement contributions come in, I kind of, this is gonna sound odd, I kind of hope that the market goes down a little bit that day because I feel like I'm getting a few more shares. Bo and I have joked about that a little bit. Is this because it's, I, I know with managing assets, that's actually a cr contrarian thing, and I should never want that, but th th that guy who wants to get the best deal possible kind of always is feeling that way. So, um, that, that's what, really what we wanted to share with you guys. I know it's not a super long podcast today. That's because um, I have gotten a, a phone call that's going to take me out of the office tomorrow. So, But we wanted to go ahead and get you a podcast uh, because we, we know this stuff is important to you, especially to get out there and let you know about you know, the HR 4213, but also to stay the course. Um, it is one of those things where I think you're going to look at yourself in a year from now, two years from now, and you're going to be glad you stayed the course and you didn't give up because we are sheep. Remember, humans are sheep. We get scared. We all want to flock together. And to really be courageous is the way to be successful in this investment game. So stay the course. Follow these core principles that are going to lead you to success. And just know that this is the, 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 the things that are going to help you one day to quit working with your mind, with your back, and your hands and allow you to work off of the value of your portfolio and the value of dollar cost averaging. These are the things that are going to allow you to take advantage of compounding interest, dollar cost averaging, and then just being a good steward and a frugal, frugal person with your personal finances. I hope this was helpful to you. I'm your host, Brian Preston. If you want to go check us out, you can go to money-guy.com. Um, Bo is your co-host, and we'll both be back within two weeks. Talk to you soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. And Brian Preston is a partner with Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.